0: welcome to another episode of the chair softer show this week on the chair softer show if you're looking for a rifle with a trigger pull heavier than thor's hammer you need to sell a kidney to buy or it breaks down in the light mist then the gbls isn't necessarily the rifle for you this week on the chair softer show i'm joined by ross from gbls to debunk some of the myths and rumors surrounding this groundbreaking platform stay tuned for more cue the music Welcome to The Chairsofter Show, your weekly airsoft podcast interviewing retailers, manufacturers, sites and personalities within the airsoft community. If you'd like to get in touch with the show, contact me at facebook.com forward slash the Chairsoft show, Instagram at the chairsofter show or by email on andy at the chairsofter show.co.uk. Thank you very much for tuning in to this week's episode. As you heard in the intro there, uh, Ross from GBLS is here. Evening, Ross. Hi, how you doing? I'm not bad yourself.
1: Yeah, not too bad.
0: Right, so uh, Ross has been uh, nominated by the team at GBLs to come on the show uh, a couple of weeks ago. Some of you may remember uh, the AK came up in discussion, and GBLs actually reached out and offered to come on the show. So Ross is here this week. Yeah, um, we'll come on to the AK in a minute because we need to talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, no, that's understandable. But um, so we'll go back into sort of the history of the company first off and sort of get to know a bit more because a lot of people won't necessarily know that GBLS has actually been around for a, quite a number of years now but it's only in the last couple of years that it's really been noticed on the market and coming to the forefront of discussion
1: as such, yeah. isn't it? Yes. Um, I don't know when GBLS originally became GBLS um yeah. but the history of the rifles started probably just over 10 years ago. Um, when the two founders, Mr. Choi and I forget the other chap's name off the top of my head, um, they actually left their day jobs, uh, sold their houses and uh, literally cashed in everything they had uh, to start developing um, the the DAS as we know it now. Um, A very, very long, drawn-out road of uh, working for extremely long hours, trying to develop something and make it that worked um i mean their main outcome of that was looking to make the best and the most realistic airsoft they could which had the most reliability while retaining a lot of the functions and gas blowbacks that people know and love
0: yeah this is the thing because i mean anyone who hasn't come across this product clearly hasn't been to one of the multitude of airsoft events that you guys have been to in the last year or so as gbls uk (laughs) because Ever since I found out about this, you guys have been absolutely everywhere I've been. You were at NAF, you were at the Midlands Airsoft Fair, you've been at other events, and you've even been loaning these things out at, I believe, the Legion events? Yeah,
1: yeah, we did a few loans at Legion. It's, uh, it's uh, It's been a pretty hardcore year in terms of events. I've not had too many weekends off, and I spend yeah. a lot of time servicing the fleet just to make sure it, it's all running exactly as it should do. Um, I mean, the fleet itself is all completely stock um, when they're getting, like, if the hot buckings wear out or anything like that, we're just changing them for stock ones again. Um, yeah, it's, they're completely stock out of the box, because obviously there's yeah. no point doing an event and giving somebody a gun that's got loads of different aftermarket parts if that's not what they're getting when they buy one.
0: Yeah. Now, any, anyone who hasn't seen one of these in the flesh yet, well, where have you been when these big events have been going on? Uh, clearly, you haven't played airsoft in the last year at anything <laughs> of any note. Um, but just to sort, I think the best way to sum up the platform is it's a gas blowback AEG. Yeah. It's the yeah. easiest way to describe it. It does the best of both. So you've got that full functionality. It's not like your TM recalls, for example, where it's just the weights do the work and then the dust cover moves. Or sorry, yeah. the inside of the dust cover moves. The false bolt bolt, as it is, moves to sort of simulate that recall. It is actually a full travel bolt. Yes, yeah,
1: absolutely. Um, Yeah, the bolt is full travel. And I mean, that's one of the main things that attracted me to GBLS in the first place was the fact it's one of the first truly new things in the airsoft industry in a very, very long time. I mean, if you look at most AEGs, I mean, even the TM Next Gen series, it's pretty different compared to most other AEGs out there and it works flawlessly. But if you look at it, it's just a bit of a reorganized version two gearbox with a few bits added here and there. The yeah. recoil assembly in it isn't exactly game changing. It's the piston coming back and pushing away and then some springs to reset it. So it's it's definitely different. It's an improvement on a version two, but at the end of the day it's still technically a version two gearbox.
0: Yeah. It's all sort of just more slightly more updated technology of what's been around for as long as I've been playing Airsoft, I think.
1: Yeah, absolutely. It's um, it's more or less the same layout, just in different, slightly different in configurations and yeah, different externals.
0: Yeah, now be- before we continue, I'm going to come out and be completely honest with everyone listening. Um, I actually really like the system. Um, it's, it's really groundbreaking, put my teeth back in, uh, with <laughs> what's actually been going on with it and how it functions and everything, you know. If you like your gas blowback but you're worried about the cold, then I mean, let's be honest, GHK isn't cheap. So it's like,
1: not cheap, um, and we do a get little, a lot of people coming over and saying that they've got GHKs and they love it, um, and uh, yeah, they really last through the winter, but I mean unless yeah. you're really looking at investing in two different sets of mags, and then you've yeah. got all of the extra maintenance that comes with that as well.
0: Yeah, exactly, you know, and for not a lot more money, really, when you start thinking about how much mags cost along with GHK. Uh, yeah. You can end up with this sort of platform. But um, it's not just for Airsoft as well, I'd like to say. Uh, you guys actually are developing sort of a training range as well, aren't you, or have a training range um, out yeah, there? Yeah,
1: we've we've got the training version already of the current models that are available, yeah. um, which are more or less the same platform as it is, just blue anodized barrel, uh, blue pistol grip, and a blue BCG. Um, and then we've also got like a few other bits that we can drop in and change out on there. So we've got some harder recoil springs and heavier buffer weights just to give a bit more recoil yeah. and kick to it. Um, obviously the, the whole downside is that is it's with anything with Airsoft, it's a trade-off game. So yep. by adding more recoil, you're shortening the lifespan of other parts. Um, it's it's the same as anything, you can't gain something without sacrificing something else, essentially.
0: Yeah, let's be honest, look at my TM recoil at the moment, I've had upgrades made on that and it's spent more time in the tech than it has in my hands this year, I think.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, <laughs> so. I think that's one of the biggest misunderstood things with Airsoft as well, like you, as a tech you get a lot of people who are just like oh yeah I want to upgrade it with no solid goal in sight of what they actually want yeah. to achieve and understanding that achieving that may actually have negligible results in the long term and it may actually be worse for some of the other internal parts for doing that.
0: Yeah 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 definitely. So what
1: was your sort of background before you came to GBLS? Uh, So I have been playing airsoft for probably just over, how old am I? Yeah, over 10 years. (laughs) I've been playing airsoft for over 10 years and I got into airsoft teching pretty quickly after snapping my first ever airsoft gun, an SRC M733 in half. Um, And uh, I'm originally from Newcastle, I think when I was living up there there was literally one airsoft site and one guy who could do tech work um who like everybody trusted at the local site um so i just sort of started messing around and doing it myself um a good few years later i moved down to london and uh ended up working at wolf armories in Camden for a number of years um and due to some differences of opinions and um what i would like to say is poor management uh, not knocking any of the guys at Wolf Armories, just we we didn't sort of mesh well, like the management yeah. and I didn't necessarily mesh well. We had different ideas of what would be good and that sort of thing. Um, when I was working with Eric, my uh, current business partner, um, basically we just agreed to leave and do something for ourselves and sort of move a business in the, in a direction that we saw it going. Yep. Um, and uh, so the guy who runs GBLS UK was actually a customer of mine, um, and he approached us and basically asked if we were interested. Obviously, yeah, like who who wouldn't be at that point? Yeah. Um, so we arranged a series of meetings and got talking about it, and um, yeah, here we are uh, today, is working with as GBLS UK.
0: Yeah, because like like I said, up until a couple of years ago, really. No one had really heard much about you and then it's only been in the last, I'd say, twelve months that you yes, guys have really yeah. come storming into the UK market. Now, it's not for everyone as we know. Um as we as we alluded to in the uh introduction, there was oh, yeah, a slight joke that you absolutely. need to sell a kidney, but I mean, let's let's talk let's talk about the cost, because I think the thing people don't understand because you guys are machining this from aluminium. there's a lot of machining work going into this. Yes. It's not cast yeah, or anything, it's... is it, if I remember correctly. It's all from Billet and Um
1: well the receivers are die cast, right. um, but they are finished off in sort of C N C just to make sure that they're all good. The yeah. main reason being is obviously the price itself is already expensive. If we want to, to billet every receiver set. Yeah. Um like economically, you'd probably be looking at another two to three hundred pounds on top of the current RRP to do that. And I mean, diecast versus billet, yeah, billet's a little bit stronger. Um, yeah. but like a real good quality diecast is is not going to break without a lot of persuasion. Yeah, I suppose you get that. You
0: get unless you've got some really bad material going in there.
1: Yeah, I mean <laughs> I I've personally dropped um my own DAS, which is the Mark 18 which is at most events. I've personally dropped that down a site flight of stairs at Longmore by accident. Um, and yeah. it's it's absolutely fine and obviously the Cerakote does a lot to help as well like in terms of scratches and damage. Yeah. Well, that's not a cheap process in itself. Cerakoted. No, it's not it's not <laughs> and it's incredibly hard to do. Um, in my youth I decided I was going to learn how to Cerakote and got myself a compressor and everything um, yeah. it probably took me about three months of trial and error to get it down and a lot of wasted money in Cerakote and yeah. also a hospital trip after a gas for an air or well, wasn't clipped in properly and I inhaled an awful lot of that stuff oh yes yeah <laughs> but yeah
0: I mean I was I was looking at um, funnily enough I was looking at Red Wolf today uh, with the new agent series that they Mm. released the pistols and um i looked at the price and you're like okay that works out about a grand just for the pistol and then you look at the cerakoting options and you're like oh my god you start adding on to
1: that you've got the custom for the (laughs) GPS, basically yes (laughs) yeah very much so it's uh I, i can understand why cerakoting is so expensive it's a very very skilled thing to do, Um, and I mean in terms of finish, I don't think there's a great deal much out there that actually beats the finish in terms of toughness and longevity
0: Yeah, I was going to say, a lot of people I've seen in groups recently have been asking about Cerakoting, it's getting more and more common for people to try and find out about it
1: yeah yeah absolutely it's it's a pity that there's not more people out there sort of offering a seracote service just to sort of maybe bring some of the more expensive places in line a bit like a little bit of competition never hurt yeah. Um, it was something I looked into at one point, but it's just having the space for a spraying booth and holding the stock of Cerakote as well, because it has a use-by date, so it can die within about six months. So it's yeah. it's one of those things you need to know you're going to be able to shift it before you sh- uh, shift a lot of money into it. Yeah, that's the thing, isn't it? Getting that market together. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so, obviously, the the uh,
0: dash the M4-based platform, has been... Relatively successful, I'd say.
1: Um, yes, over the yeah, last yeah. year, I'm seeing more and more of them cropping up on fields, to say the least. Yeah, I've been quite surprised. Like when we've gone to sites and things like that, not even just as an event, just when I've popped out to play, I've been quite surprised, sort of seeing like two or three of them popping up, which like yeah. really catches catch me off guard from time to time. And this is this is the other thing with the cost as well.
0: You know, a lot of people will say about it, but my view is you will put into your platforms what you want to get out of it so if you're invested in this you're investing in it for a reason you've done your research and it's like a tm recall or any other sort of recall platform that's out there at the moment you're going to invest into it yeah because exactly. that's what you want to do with your earth bit you will go for your ghks because you want that gas blowback platform that's probably one of the best out there i'd say if not the best out there um, yeah,
1: I've, I've got pretty limited experience with. Yes, yeah, I blowbacks. haven't actually
0: owned one, but the ones I've played with have been very good compared to other platforms. Um, oh,
1: I had a VFC M4, which was amazing yeah. um, until it came to maintenance, and literally I was repairing mags after every game. Yeah. Well,
0: that's, uh, my, that's my problem with my. Um, I've got one of the Umarex VFC MP7s, the old yep. ones, the old gas blowback ones.
1: And um, uh... I absolutely loved mine when I had it. Uh, I think it was when VFC had the Rex thing. Um, but I paid out so much money for mags, and it last, I'd get like, I'd know that I would get about six to nine months out of it before yeah. things started going drastically wrong. Um, so when I, when I was working at uh, the retailer at that point, And obviously, you get you get a discount. I I literally got to the point where I bought all of the mags I would ever need, and when it breaks down, I just buy another one on my discount because it worked out so cheap that it just wasn't even worth fixing. (laughs) I mean,
0: you you get what you put into it. You get out of it what you put into it at the end of the day. And um, yeah, like like I said, (laughs) the M4 platform has been very successful, but. I can't put it off any longer. <laughs> the so AK, I, I know it's
1: coming. The AK.
0: Now, this yeah. is actually why the guys reached out to me, and I understand it was actually very divisive within the office yourselves, between you guys. Yes. The, the yeah. uh, opinions of it. Um, having spoken to, I believe it was Eric, Yeah. and had an in-depth conversation about it, I can understand the reasoning behind it, because... At the end of the day, moving from an AR to an AK, you're going to have to look at all the internals and make it all fit into this new platform, aren't you? Yeah, and absolutely. And get it all working, which isn't necessarily going to be an overnight fix, to say the no, least. No, I mean, there's
1: <laughs> a lot of development went into the AR as it was. Yeah. And I mean, if, if you look at, like, our, our huge cross-sections of different firearms out there, if you look at the way an AR is set up, it's actually pretty like unique um so i mean like most ar platforms the hk416 and that sort of thing they're one of the few types of guns and assault rifles that we see in modern issue these days that actually have a bcg that retracts back into the buffer tube yeah and obviously with an ak uh sig mcx uh, g36 or anything else like that that's commonly used if you look at it the, the bolt doesn't actually retract back into the stock. The bolt itself is a lot shorter on those, and all of the recoil mechanism is actually handled sort of like within the receiver. Um, yeah. So it's it's trying to make that, that BCG itself smaller while still keeping the same volume in the cylinder and then configuring and working out how you're going to fit all of that recoil assembly in there with the same pressure to drive the bolt home again after every round, and it's it's a lot, a lot of work trying to make all of that work out and how to fit this larger package into something a bit smaller so it's a lot more kosher to the rifle it's going in. Yeah, because um,
0: as, as I said on the previous episode that we discussed this on, um, I'm not the biggest fan, to say the least, of the
1: appearance of the AK Oh Jesus! No, I completely agree. I think it looks <laughs> horrific. <laughs> um, I am, uh, I'm not a fan. I'm, I'm a big sort of fan of AKs myself, yeah. and when it comes to it, I am just an AK purist. Yeah. Um. So I mean, it's an interesting concept that they've gone with, but I'm not sure I'm a fan. Um. So the concept is itself that it's there is a base AK platform, however. They didn't sort of give enough information with the image, I don't think. Yeah. So the was, image, yeah, because it was
0: when it came out, it was literally pretty much just the photo, and that was it.
1: Yeah, we didn't know any more than anyone else as well. So I was sending <laughs> them emails of just like, "What is this monstrosity that you've posted?" It's like, <laughs> "What? What the hell is this supposed to be?" It's like you said there was an AK. This ain't an AK. <laughs> It's sort of
0: like an AKAR hybrid, is the best yeah, way of describing like that, it. Yeah, it's
1: like that weird AK-21 thing that New pro released, where it's trying to be an AK, but they didn't want to compromise it being an AR. Yeah, so um, I'm trying to appeal to everyone. Yeah, so, um, it give you a bit more information on it, basically the... Where it's got an AR mag in it, it's basically that's a different, it's a magwell adapter um, that is an available option, sort of like the more common 762 5.54 mags will be available. Um, So basically you can remove that, put a standard trigger guard and mag release on it, um, and it'll take the standard AK stuff. Um, From the other images I have seen, uh, there'll also be like a solid stock type receiver available. Yeah. And the barrel sets can be changed out as well, and there'll be different barrel sets available to accept different handguards, different top dust covers and things like that available. Uh, Rather frustratingly for me, um, because I am desperate for an AK-74M, because I currently feel like it's a bit of an untapped market. If you look at... um, say, like, some of the more high-end guns uh, that are available in Airsoft, yeah. they're, they're all ARs or MP5s. Like, Systema's got ARs, Systema has the MP5, although I don't think they make it anymore. And I feel like the... Other than uh, a few years ago, Celsius tried to do an AKM, yeah. and I, I don't remember what happened with that. It just sort of faded into obscurity.
0: But other than yeah, that, well, I don't
1: think, like, the OP4 players or the Rust 4 players... Have ever had anything high-end really targeted to them, and yeah. as sort of like a a, Rush, a Russian sort of like impressionist myself, I feel like that's a massive gap in the market, and a real shame that that like none of these really nicely crafted guns have ever been released in a released pardon me in a configuration for that market. I, I would absolutely kill for a 7.4m in a DAS format, but yeah. it needs to be done right and it needs to be the right configuration so with the solid hard folding stock uh, the correct handguard pistol grips the 5.5 uh, mags yeah um so yeah I I'd, I'd really just like to see that released but I've not seen a receiver so far that sort of caters to that <laughs> um, despite a probably a slew of emails that I have sent to GBLS <laughs> um sort of ranting over it and being like you need to do this yeah 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 it's, um, I, c- I can completely understand you mentioned
0: Celsius there. there's a name I haven't heard for a number of years now
1: uh, they're, they're still around, I think they've still got their CTW M4 um, i see posts go up from time to time, people asking if their electronics are compatible with PTW because I think they're a bit easier to get a hold of yeah. Um, or cheaper, for, for more, more to the point, I imagine. Um, <laughs>
0: I've only but, ever known yeah. one guy who's actually fielded one, to be honest with you, because um, he uh, might have got a little bit upset and launched it at a game and then snapped it in <laughs> half. And then the next uh, week when he turned up with a black upper and a tan lower, <laughs> and he got a bit upset with us when we asked him why he'd got a two-tone Celsius... I've I've
1: had uh, what have I had had the GDW or I think it was like the G&D take on a PTW Mm. Um, I've had a CTW very briefly and I've had a PTW and I completely understand why people say pay out more for the PTW. Uh, the G&D PTW, um, the metal was literally turning back into metal filings on the receiver as I was unpackaging it from the box. <laughs> uh, which is, fair enough, it's like, yeah, it's a PTW for 300 quid, but I mean, come on guys, Like, can we get some metal that actually stays in one shape and doesn't turn into sand when it gets tapped lightly? Yeah. Um, the Celsius was okay for the most part, but it did have a hell of a lot more issues than my PTW ever did. Yeah. Um, to the point that it just became a frustration, and I couldn't be bothered with the upkeep of it. Um yeah. So I completely understand, like the whole argument of value over quality and what you're getting. Yeah. Um, I'd I'd always say sort of like, yeah, pay pay the extra because pe- people aren't usually in airsoft. Charging a load more money for no reason whatsoever—you're normally getting something for that money. Yeah. Just if you're gonna do it, make sure that what you're getting is something that you actually value and that you want out of the platform. Yeah, exactly, exactly.
0: So, any anyway, back back to the topic in hand. Um, yeah. with, with can we expect a full range of the AKs? Definitely, one hundred percent in the next year or two.
1: Um, I mean, it's still somewhat under discussion, um, with Korea, uh, so they've got that monstrosity thing, um, which they have rather frustratingly dubbed the, I think it's the KM AK-74M, um, I don't know what the KM is about, but that is not a 7-4M, and I, I take extreme offence to them calling it a 7-4M, um... As for, um, so we are expecting, um, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> very, very much so. KM is the Korean monstrosity. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, um, so there is also an AK-47 that looks likely to be released in the first wave. I used the term AK-47 very, very loosely um, because all of the images from the design I have seen uh, point me towards an AKM. Right. Um, sort of like the slimmer front sight post, uh, the mm-hmm. angle that the stock comes off, and the pistol grip—they're all—they're yeah. all screaming seven fo- uh, AKM. Sorry. I suppose um, though, when you but- think
0: about it, if you think of people who wouldn't necessarily know these kinds of things about the different AKs, if you said AK forty-seven, then they're going to know what you're on about. I mean, yes, yeah, but... So I can same... kind of, like, it's as long to the sense of the terms. my mind there is going, okay, that kind of makes a little bit of sense.
1: Yeah, um, but I mean, if you look at the sort of people who are generally looking at laying out this kind of money on it, it's going to be people who are seriously into their kit yeah. the vast majority of the time we find. People who really want the realism out of it and they want the platform to function just like the real yeah. platform... Um, and the guys who are willing to sink the money into it. So I, I don't know, I, it feels... I kind of feel like if, if you're going to make an AK-47, make an AK-47. If you're going to make an AKM, then make an AKM, and just make one or the other, and don't make one and then call it the other.
0: Yeah,
1: <laughs> I know what you mean. I'll, I'll feel your pain
0: there. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's it's definitely been interesting to follow you over the last couple of years, but so let's go through some of these myths that you hear and let you openly confirm or debunk them, as it were.
1: <laughs> okay. So, so what are the it.
0: sorts of things you sort of hear about? Obviously, people say that you need to have, like, as I said in the intro again, the trigger
1: pull's heavier than Thor's hammer. It's not. Uh, trigger pull is generally, on most UK release models, you will be looking at about three to four pounds, maybe five yeah. pounds on a specifically heavy spring. Um, it is actually within the limits for a USGI-issued trigger box on an yeah. AR-15 or M4 or whatever you want to call it.
0: Do you think that maybe comes from this... Well, it's more mechanical, isn't it, for a start? Yeah, but Do you absolutely. think this is where people are going for these feathered triggers that you get on things, like, off the top of my head, the um, ASG Evo?
1: I mean, it comes from any soft trigger. Um, I mean... It's it's never going to be quite as light as, say, like a gas blowback M4 and that sort of thing. Yeah. Just out of the way that the sear sets are set up, um, right. they're slightly different. Obviously, everyone's like, oh, gas blowback manages to do it, but a gas blowback doesn't also have to accommodate an entire gearbox and motor in there. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like, like you're saying, I do believe, yeah, a lot of uh, soft triggers, generally on AEGs, are very, very light. I mean, even if you take, like, a bog standard GNG or GMP or something like that, the vast yeah. majority of the time, the only thing you're depressing is a really tiny plastic trolley with a little metal contact on it, which is getting pushed into there. You could literally... Pull that spring and like completely uncoil the spring in there, which is giving you the tension with two fingers. The only thing that you're really pushing up against is the actual trigger spring itself, which generally aren't that heavy either. So, I mean, there's lots of people who have complained about it, and we've had people at the events we've done come up and say like, "Ah, oh, the triggers are really heavy." And if you give them a gun and literally just let them go play for an hour, I can guarantee mm. you when they come back, the trigger will not be mentioned whatsoever. Yeah. yeah, I think it's one of those things you just need to kinda of get used to it and once you're used to it 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 it's not a thought really. You're never like, oh this this trigger's so damn heavy, oh my trigger finger hurts or anything like that. It's just something you've got to get used to. It's it's something that's not your usual airsoft trigger. Yeah. So
0: I suppose it's... people haven't sort of necessarily played with the real thing, as it were, had at a shoot of the real rifles. No, absolutely won't not. understand.
1: Just what's behind these. Yeah, and I mean even people who have played with bolt action rifles and things like that, the vast majority of the time they're they're like sear sets and triggers and things like that, they're normally quite tuned out of the factory as it is because people don't necessarily want to pay out extra for a match grade trigger. Yeah. So unless you're actually getting like something that's like I don't know, US issued, say for example, then the chances are it's probably gonna be a lighter trigger than the DAS anyway.
0: Yeah, exactly, exactly.
1: Um, we've covered that you need to sell a kidney
0: bit. Uh, that's not necessarily true these days now, though, because a lot of retailers I've noticed have started doing the zero percent finance as well. Yeah,
1: yeah, there's a so lot of that out there now. It's
0: making this platform a lot more accessible to people
1: who don't have that money to drop straight into it. Absolutely, I wish that was a thing when I was in my early twenties. I would, would have been oh, bankrupt I, wish, I wish this had been around when I started as well.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I'd have ten times more guns than I do at the moment. Yeah, according tell to me Kev, about it. According to random guy Kev, I've got all the guns. <laughs> but I don't have a GBLS DAS Kev, so <laughs> I don't have all of them yet. Uh, <laughs> One day, we'll hook a brother up, give us a shout. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, to be honest, it is on the list. It's just at the moment, without the financial backing person. Yeah. But as I said, with the 0% finance as well, it does make it. A lot more accessible, it just means I'd have to hit the overtime a bit harder for a few months,
1: yeah absolutely, and it's it's one of those things still in the uh still in the mind thought of our younger selves of uh if you can't if you can't afford it, then you can't get it,
0: yeah, <laughs> yeah, if you can't afford it, you ain't having it well, but, <laughs> let me settle my other debts first <laughs> yes, <laughs> yeah, um but yeah, it is a lot more accessible these days um So the guns, generally, they're around about the £1,500 mark, aren't they? Um, Just as a figure off the top of my head. So we've
1: got the value kit, which is like a 10.5-inch in a barrel, Mm -hmm. uh, in and out barrel, sorry. Um, but it doesn't include like the handguard and the stock, so that's a little yeah. bit cheaper. And the main thinking behind that is like the vast majority of the people who are going to get these are going to want to build like your standard Mark 18 or something like yeah. that. Or so no at point the moment, it's the uh, 119, handguard. isn't it? A lot of people are going for. Yes, yeah. Um, so there's there's no point selling somebody a handguard if they don't want it, and there's no point including a stock if they don't want it. So um, I think that's generally coming in at about 1300 1350 Yeah. Um, just to sort of keep the price down for anybody who just already knows what they want to build we don't sell something in that configuration Um, so you're more than welcome to build it yourself but yeah the CQB and the standard GDR-15 they're coming in at 1500 on average I believe yeah I should probably know these prices like <laughs> the back of my hand, but this, this, this isn't this my is a division. Joke.
0: This is the running joke with uh, a couple of the companies that I know. So, Trent from New Pro always gets asked how much something costs when he's at shows. You can guarantee it's, it's, it's kind of a joke that I, I have um, with him now, where I'll go up to him and I'll say, How much is that,
1: Trent? because I know he won't know the answer. I get exactly the same thing um, as well. People are like, oh, so how much is this like really obscure internal part? And it's just like, I don't know, man. I'm not a walking catalogue. Yeah. <laughs> or um, I had an interesting one, a skirmish I was at a while ago where uh, somebody was having a problem with their gun and somebody else had told them I was a tech and he'd come over and he's just like, um, having problems with my gun. I was just like, oh, yeah. And he was just like, yeah, I think it might be the motor. And I was like, oh, that's that's pretty bad. Not really much I can do about that. He's like, have you got a spare motor? It's like, wait, on me? Yeah. No, it's <laughs> like, no. Why? Why would I just carry stock around with me?
0: <laughs> yeah, it's 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 one of these things. Unless you are a dedicated sort of on-site tech, you're not going to have the spares.
1: No, absolutely not. I mean, I I don't go airsofting that often as it is because I'm surrounded by it so much. Um, yeah. That it's sort of like, I, I like my weekends away from it. Um, to do other hobbies, um, but yeah, it is it is one of those things that has kind of put me off a little bit. I don't play so much just where I'm surrounded by it so much, and a lot of the local sites, a lot of people sort of know that I'm a tech, and that I've been in the industry for a while, so it kind of becomes a little bit of a chore playing, because I feel like most of the time I'm just building quotes.
0: Yeah. building quotes Um, that's that's the other one we were going to talk about people say it breaks down in the rain the GBLS system
1: oh okay this is is quite a long story Um, so uh, the first batch of them that we got we did have some electrical issues basically the complaint coating that was used on the electronics wasn't fully applied properly in some areas from the factory that was manufacturing them right um so this was basically we reported back to korea um and we made a recommendation um sort of like change the layout of the electronics a little bit um change moisture proofing um on the pcb just to make sure that it is fully moisture proofed. and generally we would recommend that we change out the micro switches for something that's a little bit um more water resistant because the current one's are ip40 i believe yeah um which generally isn't too much of an issue. Um, the main thing—I'll um, I'll come back to that. Yeah. So they made the change um, to the circuitry and they uh, added the like new moisture-compliant uh, coating and all of that, um, and that stood up absolutely well. That resolved the issue for the vast majority of the time. Um, but the what do you call it? The micro switches weren't changed. They were left as is because unfortunately the gearbox itself. is um, if you look at the gearbox shell of a DAS, it's got cutouts and little pegs in there specifically to accommodate these micro-switches. And the difficulty in that is finding something that has a higher IP rating. um, Generally, the footprint is a bit larger. Um, So in order to do that, basically, they would have to completely change all of the designs of the gearboxes to then accommodate these switches Then we'd have the whole palaver of every gun that's been sold so far would have to come back, have its gearbox uh, sent back to Korea, remachined and then put all back together and sent back and eventually sent back to the end user. Um, So we're currently looking at different options. So the PCB itself is absolutely fine. I think since we've had those initial issues, I've not had a single PCB fry in the rain. The only time after that that we've had any issues is um, water getting between the contacts of the micro-switches, right. and the gearbox will spin for a while, and then eventually the MOSFET itself will pick up on that something isn't quite right, and it'll shut off. Yeah. Um, so in order to remedy that, it is literally just drying it out. It is important that I mention the only cases that we have had of that were a couple of the guys on a Stirling op at the trees when it was raining torrentially the entire weekend. Yeah. And um, Matt, one of the guys who runs Stirling, I had a good chat on the phone with him, and he's saying, like, I- I'm not at all, like, really disappointed that it's gone down. I mean, like, yeah, it sucks, but the weather was absolutely horrific. If he's yeah. he's like, if I'm being honest, I'm amazed it ran as long as it did. It's like I'm a bit upset that I got to, I didn't get to play with it for the whole weekend but I completely understand. Yeah. Um so I mean uh we're sort of a little bit back to the drawing board in terms of figuring out what to do um about the like the micro switches. I'm currently working with a third party at the minute and what we're looking at is changing like sort of developing our own aftermarket um electronics for it um, which would basically have like full circuit protection a digital fuse so we don't have the inline blade fuse and potentially if we can uh, changing out the micro switches for um, optical sensors right because then we can fully compliant coat those and they'll be completely waterproof and in theory the entire circuit will then be closed other than the motor um, which, I mean, is going to be a failure point on NES airsoft going if you submerge it. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I mean, that's where we're at. I mean, we've got a couple of things. So, things that we can do at the minute are... Um like anything that's had issues, I'm currently uh, heat shrinking the contacts on the micro switches. Right. Which I mean, sounds like a really obvious thing until you see the scale of these wires and these electrical contacts and trying yep. to find some tiny heat shrink and then soldering on. Because they're not just micro switches, these are uh, sub miniature micro switches. So they're absolutely tiny. Yeah. Um, so it is a little bit of a nightmare to do. But in the meantime, what, what I'm doing is heat shrinking those. Um, because from where we tested it, it doesn't look like the water is actually getting into the micro switch itself. It's sitting right in between the contacts where the wires are soldered. Right. But unfortunately, where the micro switches are recessed into the gearbox shell, it just doesn't have that downward motion for the water to drain out. So it just sort of pools between the two contacts. Yeah. Um, so short of drying it out, there's not much I can do. Um, but obviously, adding heat shrink and reducing the amount of, uh, like, contact on that micro switch, which is available, um, that that should, in theory, um, like, hugely drop the chances of that happening. Mm. So watch this space on that one, then. Yes, yeah, absolutely. I mean, like I say, the, the only issues we've had were torrential weekend-long, like, rainstorms up in the hills in the middle of nowhere. Mm. Um, so... Uh, we've had plenty of other players like since then um, who have been playing in the rain and come back to us and say like I was playing here's a video of how the weather was. Um, Gun was absolutely fine all day, not an issue. Um, but obviously, one thing that comes with the das is you, from GBLs UK is we're one of the only ones that give uh, one of the, one of the only GBLs parties that give um, a full one year warranty. So, I mean, if you have any issues, any support, anything like that, we can take care of it. Then we will, yeah. we'll, we'll help you out. You spent a lot of money on a gun. We don't want to leave you stuck without anything. And we're not just going to turn around and just, it's not warranty, bye. Yeah. Um, we're, we're a small team. Um, and basically we pride ourselves on taking care of our customers. And if you've invested money in the platform, we want to take care of you. Uh, we, we appreciate that you've bought into it and that you like it as much as we do. Awesome, so it's looking
0: good for the future for sure and it's going to be uh, really interesting to follow you guys over the coming years and <laughs> see what you guys have got in the pipeline um, and see, see more importantly, what else comes out of this. Um, if you've got the AKs on the go, who knows what's next?
1: Uh, there's, a, there's, a, there's a few things that we're working on. Keeping, uh, keeping cards close to our chest. <laughs> keeping that very close to
0: your chest. Yeah. <laughs> well... We'll have to have a chat after we finish recording then. Yeah. <laughs> and be the uh, verbal NDA. <laughs> right. Let's yeah, see um, what we can do. Yeah, cool. Thanks for your time for coming on today. Um, yeah, nothing. I think problem. we've pretty much covered everything there. Uh, where can people find you?
1: Uh, so we are on Facebook at GBLSUK um, on the website which I believe is www.gblsuk.com Um, because we didn't want two UKs in there Um, uh, I believe we've got an Instagram and things like that I I, I don't know I don't deal with this side of things (laughs) (laughs) we'll tag you in on
0: wherever um, anyway so they can find you and get hold of you Um, (laughs) but it's been great talking to you and finding out a bit more Uh, I'm looking forward to seeing a decent AK
1: yeah me too (laughs) I'll let you know when it happens
0: yeah, please do because I'm really interested in that. that. That for me, that could be the point where I buy it.
1: Yeah, yeah. Because everyone's
0: got ARs these
1: days. Exactly. Like I say, the the AK and the Op4 and the RustFire market market, they they really need some love. It's it's long overdue, and it's about time they got yeah. something for them.
0: Cool. Okay. Well, thank you very much for your time tonight, Ross. Thank Thanks you very for having much me for coming on. Uh, and hopefully, we can put to rest the almost feud that kicked off (laughs) Uh, like I said I've got got a lot of time for you guys I I always make sure I come over and chat to you when I see you at shows and have a little play (laughs) with the platform because it's just dreams of something that I may one day own yeah absolutely Um, and like I said following you guys and seeing how this has come on and the way you guys are going I mean I don't think you guys were quiet for one minute at the Midlands Airsoft Fair or M- uh, Yeah, no, that was that was a pretty hectic day. That was yeah. a very, very long day. <laughs> yeah, I just remember coming up and mag-dumping out the thing and walking away like, yeah, that's all right. Because <laughs> it was the first time I'd <laughs> shot it. Trying to yeah. really sort of tone down. It was like, oh my God, that's like my TM recall on steroids.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's it's really good doing the shows, and it's quite nice. I think we are planning on starting to do a bit of a site tour early next year. Yeah. So, yeah, I think we're starting off in Scotland and then working our way down to, like, Newcastle. um, Just basically coming to sort of standard sites on days that they're open. um, Giving people a chance to, like, get out and actually play a game or a round or something with the gun and get their feedback, see what you think.
0: Cool, cool. Looking forward to seeing that like i said thanks again to ross for coming on you guys know where to find me make sure you go and check out the gbls uh coming to a site near you hopefully soon um but they tend to be at the bigger events as well so you can always go and see what it's all about and more importantly get your hands on one and just see what it's like and see what you think at the end of the day um i think that's the best way of selling the product really isn't it
1: yeah, I mean, I think that's mainly why we did the events as well. I mean, we were all talking about it, and it's like, what, what can we do to sort of try and, like, show people what it is? And, I mean, there's lots of hype, there's lots of videos on YouTube, but nothing compares to actually getting out there and having a go with it and feeling it. It's, it's one of those things where no matter how many articles you read, no matter how many videos you, you watch, it's a lot of money to spend, and we want to give people a chance to try it before you put that kind of money down cool cool
0: uh, right well that's it from me for this week anyway um, go out enjoy your game this weekend guys wherever you're playing uh, take care of each other take your hits play with honour play with dignity don't be a dick and I'll see you guys next time on the Software show bye for now